If you have a copy of God's Word, we're going to continue in our study in the book of Genesis. Um, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 34. It is a talked about chapter. Um, a lot of times when you talk about um, women or ladies, you, you think about Dinah. And a lot of times they talk about what happened to Dinah. So it's one of the, one of the most, one of the saddest testimonies uh, in, in the Old Testament is this chapter here in 34. Uh, what we're going to hear about Dinah here today and the men also in Shechem. Again, Genesis chapter 34. Um, I have a Bible here. Anybody need a Bible? This is yours if you need one. If you don't have a Bible. It says in Genesis chapter 34, starting in verse 1, Now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she had born to Jacob, went out to see the women of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamar, the Hivite, the prince of the land, saw her, he seized her, and he lay with her, and he humiliated her. And his soul was drawn to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob. He loved the young woman and spoke tenderly to her. So Shechem spoke to his father, Hamar, saying, Get me this girl for my wife. Talking about Dinah. Verse 5. Now Jacob heard that he had defiled his daughter, Dinah, but his son were with his livestock in the field. So Jacob held his peace until they came. And Hamar, the father of Shechem, went out to Jacob to speak with him. The son of Jacob had come in from the field as soon as they had heard it, and the men were indignant and very angry because he had done an outrageous thing in Israel by lying with Jacob's daughter, for such a thing must not be done. But Hamar spoke with them, saying, The soul of my son Shechem, he longed for your daughter. Please give me, give her to him to be his wife. Make marriages, make the marriages with us. Give your daughters to us and take our daughters for yourself. You shall dwell with us and the land shall be open to you to well trade in it and give get property in it. Shechem also said to her father and to her brothers, let me find favor in your eyes, and whatever you say to give me, I will give. Ask for me for, a, for as great as bride price, gift as you will, and I will give whatever you say to me, only give me the young woman to be my wife. Verse 13, the son of Jacob answered Shechem and his father's Hamar deceitfully because he had defiled their sister Dinah. They said to them, we cannot do this thing to give our sister to one who is uncircumcised for that would be a disgrace to us. Only in this condition will we agree with you that you will become as we are by every male among you being circumcised. Then we will give our daughters to you and we will take your daughter to ourselves and we will dwell with you and become one people. But if you would not listen to us and and us and be circumcised, then we will take our daughter and we will be gone. The words please Hamar and Hamar's son Shechem. And the young man, the young man did not delay to do the thing because he delighted in Jacob's daughter. Now he was the most honored of all his father's house. 
So Hamar and his son Shechem came to the gate of their city, spoke to the men of the city, saying, These men are at peace with us. Let them dwell in the land and trade in it, for behold, the land is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters as wives, and let us give them our daughters. Only on this condition will the men agree to dwell with us become one people. When every male among us is circumcised as they are circumcised, with not their livestock, their property, and all their beasts be ours. Only let us agree with them, and they will dwell with us. And all who went out the gate of this city listened to Hamor and his son Shechem. And every male was circumcised, all who went out of the gate of the city. Everybody, right, circumcised, everything's going well. One big people, right? Look at verse 25. On the third day, when they wore, when they were sore, after being circumcised, they were sore. Two of the sons of Jacob, Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brother, took their sword and came against the city while it felt secure and killed all the males. They killed Hamar and his son Shechem with this sword and took Dinah out of Shechem's house and went away. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain and plundered the city because they had defiled their sister. They took their flocks and their herds, their donkeys, and whatever was in the city, in the land, in the field, all their wealth, all their little ones, and their wives, all that was in the houses, they captured and plundered. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have brought ter trouble among me by making me stink into the inhabitants of the land, to the Canaanites, and the parasites, my numbers are few. If they gather to themselves against me and attack me, I shall be destroyed, both I and my household. But they said, should he treat our sister like a prostitute? You guys are like, what in the world is going on here? What is happening? How does this make sense? Why is this even in the Bible? I mean, it's 2022. What does this have to do with knowing God, growing in God, sanctification, why did the Lord put this in our test today? Let me pray for us, and let's walk through it together and pray that the Lord reveal to us. Why is this in the text? Why do we need this as believers in this text? Father God, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for, again, for your goodness towards your people. Um, the Lord, you brought us back another Lord's Day. Um, so many things happened this past week, but, Lord, we come back in one piece. We thank you, Lord, for your favor and your goodness towards your people. Lord, I ask you to help us at this time as I preach your word. Give me, Lord, everything that is needed, Lord, to preach your word properly, properly. that I preach it faithfully. Let me interpret your word faithfully, Lord. Let me contextualize the way that honors you, Lord. So help me, Lord, teach your word and be obedient to your word. And if anything, Lord, is not clear, Lord, even in my teaching and preaching, Lord, I ask you to go before me, Lord, let your spirit, Lord, make things plain. So, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to help us in your word. And let us learn, Lord, uh, what does it mean to be faithful? What does it mean, Lord, to, 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 to listen and obey you, Lord, at all times in our lives? So, Lord, we ask you to help us with this message today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We have been learning now in the book of Genesis that Adam and Eve sinned, that chaos is in the world, that now the world is, is totally out of order. So God drew out a plan from returning to past that one day he was going to come into this world and bring about true order. And, and the person that was going to come was going to be Jesus. 
He's going to be the, the second person of the, tri the, uh, the, the Godhead. Jesus is going to come in and read what, and, and redo things. He's going to bring in true order within the world. But from Genesis 3, we've been waiting on him, right? It's that one day the, the seed of the woman is going to crush the head of the serpent, going to crush this, the devil's head. One day Jesus is going to come and do it. And we thought that Jesus was going to be Abel. You guys remember Cain and Abel? Abel did everything right under the Lord. It's Abel Jesus. We thought he was, but your brother killed him. So we found out Abel wasn't Jesus. And we found out Cain wasn't Jesus because he's sinned against his brother. Whenever this Messiah is going to come, he's going to be perfect. And he's going to die for the sins of the people. He's going to crush the head of the serpent. So Abel wasn't Jesus. Cain wasn't Jesus. Well, Adam went into his wife again, Eve, and they had another child. His name was Seth. Seth was a time when everybody turned to the Lord. Could Seth be Jesus? We'll find out that Seth wasn't Jesus. Then find out when Noah come. Can Noah be Jesus? What Noah sin? We're still waiting on Jesus to come for him to come in to redeem his people. But every single character like Abel and Seth and Abraham that has been faithful, they all are snippets and types of the one that was going to come, which is Jesus. So we come to our test today, Joseph, Jacob. Jacob is the one that's going to be considered to be Jesus, we think of, right? But we found out with Jacob, though, was that Jacob was a deceiver. Jacob deceived his brother. He deceived his father. Jacob was no way he can be Jesus. But we saw snippets of the faithfulness of Jacob. When Jacob met the Lord and wrestled with the Lord, he obeyed the Lord. In the same way, we have seen the faithfulness of Jacob. We're finding that Jacob, since he's not the Messiah, we're going to find out even though Jacob's been faithful last week, today he's going to be unfaithful. Jacob was told that whenever you go and marry, go to the land and find a wife, you come back and go to the land of Bethel. They're not in Bethel today, y'all. They're in the land of Shechem. So we see here right quick is that Jacob was in a place he shouldn't belong. And what is going to happen here? We're going to find out that now, since Jacob didn't obey the Lord and be in a land where God has called him to be, now we're going to see some actual things that happen in Shechem that's a disgrace. We're going to find out several instances of abuse of authority in our test today. But before I get right into it, let me kind of talk about authority real quick. One person said this, it's a moral permission slip to make decisions within a particular tradition. God gave Adam and Eve permission slip to exercise dominion over creation. He gave governments the permission slip to exercise the sword in the face of injustice. Genesis 9, verses 5 and 6. He gave churches the permission slip to wield the keys and matters of doctrine and membership. To have authority to have a chance to Create. More than all that, authority is what belongs to an author, which is why the creator of all things, the rule of all things, to have authority to have a chance to create. Again, the ultimate authority comes from God. Authority comes from God. True authority, true authority, that, that, that is perfect authority, it belongs to God. That's pain. We have authority over our kids, right? But sometimes as parents, we fail. Our government system have authority over its people, right? 
But guess what? Sometimes it fails. But as one that has authority that never fails, that's God. And his authority is what we to be over. We should be, we should learn from his authority as we have authority in all of our walks in life. We're going to find out today is though is that what happened when we don't mirror God's authority? We turn authority to our own selfish benefit. It can be at work. It can be around friends. It can be in any place. And whenever we make authority about us, we abuse what God intended what authority should be. How do we know this? Today we're going to do it in three points today. Since Jacob didn't take his family to Bethel, Dinah abused by authority in Shechem. Verses 1 through 12. Point number two. Since Jacob didn't take his family to Bethel, men of Shechem abused by the authority of the son of Jacob. And last point, point number three. Since Jacob didn't take his family to Bethel, abuse of authority destroyed opportunity to be a witness in our community of the gospel. So jump point number one. Since Jacob didn't take his family to Bethel, Dinah abused by the authority of Shechem. Chapter 33, again, we heard about Jacob, good habits. Now, that Jacob now, he wrestled with the Lord, he fought with the Lord, now Jacob trusts the Lord. We heard last week that Jacob, he honored, he showed humility before Esau. Esau should have killed his brother, but Jacob went to his brother in humility. But things changed today. Jacob should have been going to Bethel. But last week he kind of mentioned that is that, hey, Esau, go ahead and say her. Esau lives in Seir. I'm going to meet you in Seir. I don't know if Jacob told Esau this because Jacob was afraid of Esau again. I'm not sure why Jacob misled his brother to tell him I'm going to go to Seir, but he didn't go. Nor did he go straight to Bethel. He is in Shechem, a city of unbelievers. A city where he told to stay away from. So what Jacob's going to do today, Jacob's going to open up the door for many things to happen amongst the Canaanites. And the first thing we see is about Dinah. We see here Dinah wanted to, to go out and meet the women in the land of, uh, land of uh, uh, Shechem. And Dinah what she knows is her father. She knows the Lord of her father. But now Dinah is actually is in a place where she shouldn't belong. The place of the Canaanites serve other gods. They believe in other gods. They worship other things. Now Dinah is interested in going to find the women in Shechem to learn from these women. Jacob, why didn't you keep going to Bethel? Now you're putting a lot on your daughter here. Now your daughter now is, is tempted in ways she's probably never been tempted before now. Now she's going to meet gods that she never met before. So now this father now, he, he puts his daughter in the place for her daughter now to be a victim. I think about a parent, you know, with kids riding their bikes. And a parent allow the kids to ride the bikes when, when cars going back and forth. What are we doing as a parent? We're putting our child in a place where a child shouldn't belong. 
we should be very vigilant to better consider the atmosphere and the environment where our kids are at. Well, Jacob should have did the same thing. He should have thought about the environment, what was happening in these places. But he stays in this place and allows his daughter to meet someone in this place. But also tells you about Dinah. Dinah is not content right here in what the Lord of Jacob has to offer. For her wanting more to learn from these women. She was told, we know in Genesis 27, 46, how Rebecca told Jacob, stay away from the Canaanite women. Stay away from them. Stay away from them. Now Dinah goes to the Canaanite women. She followed her fleshly desires here. She go by herself to meet women. And while in town to meet women, she meets this ungodly man, Shechem. Shechem is the king's son of the land. So he's the prince. He has power under his dad, Hamar, which is a Hevite. 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 We know Hivite, I think, derived from the sons of Ham. They were part of the, the land of Canaan. And almost all the Canaan at this time would have some type of process of marriage. We in America, it's not the first understanding of marriage comes in in America. They always have process of marriages all throughout old ancient civilizations. Even today, we're going to learn that Hamar them had actual process of how people get married. But the unexpected happened here. Shechem, his struggle with lust, his, his struggle with, with, with covetousness, he doesn't follow the right process within the land of Shechem. And what did he do? Look at verse 2. And when Shechem, the son of Hamar, the Hivite, the prince of the land, he saw Dinah, her. He sees her, and he lay with her, he humiliated her. How could this possibly happen to the chosen people of God? God just blessed Jacob, right? He just blessed Jacob. God is doing an amazing thing in Jacob's life, but now his daughter is violated. Jacob just got out of a stressful relationship with Laban. He just got out of a stressful environment with Esau, thinking that Esau was going to kill him. This is when you think that God is going to bless his people, then this happens. Family. Have you felt that before? That you start to live for Jesus? You're trying to do everything right? You're trying to obey the Lord? You're trying to do everything right, and it seems like you still cannot come up? The more you try to do good for the Lord, it seems like Bad comes. Family, if you felt that way, we see in this test that even with Jacob, even not being obedient and going to Bethel, we still see that Jacob is, is trying to honor the Lord in 33. He, he's trying to follow after the Lord, but now we see his daughter's father. His daughter. Like, like, where are you, God, right now? Like, why did you allow this to happen to my daughter? Where is the faithfulness of God in this moment? This doesn't make sense. Why didn't the God protect Dinah? If the Messiah is going to come from the seed of Jacob, how did this happen to her? Family, again, you probably can relate to turning your life turning around for Jesus. Even you guys are here on a Sunday morning trying to live for Jesus. There's something like happen. Health problems. Loneliness, car wreck, unemployment, all the unspectables, unexpectables happens. Death of a loved one. Why does God allow these unexpectables to happen 
if we truly belong to him. Like, this doesn't happen to believers. This happens to the unbelievers, right? There's no bad stuff happening to us. We in Jesus. The unbelie unbelievers are the one that lose people in their lives, right? The unbelievers are the one that lose jobs that the world hates. Not us. Family. It happens to us. God didn't promise us when we follow after him that the unexpected wouldn't happen. He promised us to be us, to be with us during the time of the unexpected. Unexpected happen in our lives. That don't mean God is absent. He didn't, he didn't promise us that, 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 that the unexpected and everything was just going to happen for, for unbelievers. A family. Even when we put ourselves in places we shouldn't belong as believers, even when we don't put ourselves in belong, God allowed the unexpected to happen to our lives, and you guys already know the answer, to grow us to the image of his son. The unexpected to happen to show us patience. I don't know if you guys ever seen that before. On the way to an event, the next thing you know, you got a, you got a flat tire. <laughs> like, God, come on now. I thought you had this for me to be here to make your name known, but I can't be there to make your name known. I got a flat tire. Why does this happen? I was teaching you patience. So it's no mistake in what God does. In your life, God allows exactly what he wants to happen to grow you into patience, to trust in him. <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit more about the unexpected dining. She's right. She's humiliated by Shechem. He abuses his authority by taking advantage of a foreigner. And he gets away with it. This is an absolute abuse of a power. Even the dad didn't even step in to turn and, to, to turn and say, son, you were wrong. The dad asked him to support the recklessness based behavior of his son. Who can do anything to check him when his dad is supporting him? Especially with this. Many people still don't come out to share their abuse with others because of powers to be. A lot of time I hear people that are experiencing sexual abuse or a form of abuse similar to hers. A lot of time people were holding it in ever since they was a kid because they was afraid. Why were they afraid? They're afraid because of people like Hamar. That, that, that the dad supports his son. Nobody's Nobody's, going to, you know, nobody's not going to believe me. They're not going to believe me. This person is upright. This person is a king. They're not going to believe me, so I can't come out and share what happened to me. This reminds me of the breaking news on the border of Texas. You guys heard so many stories that happened in Texas. One article says this about a young lady of Spanish crossing the border trying to find freedom in America from South America. She said this right here. For weeks in that locked room, the men she had paid to get her safely to the United States drug her with pills and cocaine, refusing to let her out, even to bathe. I think that since they put me in that room, they killed me, she said. They raped us so many times that didn't see us as human beings anymore. Family, this is happening on the border right now with people that they have paid people to smuggle them in, to sneak in through the United States. The people that was going to call to protect them, they abused their authority and they misused them. 
another story is here. On America's southern border, migrant women and girls are victims of sexual assault that most often go unreported, uninvestigated, unprosecuted. Even as women around the world are speaking out against sexual misconduct, migrant women in the border live in the shadow of today. Nobody believes them. Nobody believes them because of the authority to be. Last one here, another source about the border control workers. The poor treatment of migrant children of the land at the hands of U.S. border agents now. In recent months, extended beyond Texas to include allegations of sexual assault and retaliation for protests. According to the dozens of accounts by children held in Arizona, collected by the government case managers obtained in the NBC News. And he goes on to say, a 16-year-old Guatemalan boy held in Yuma, Arizona, said he and others in his cell complained about the taste of water and the food they were given. So the custom and the border protection agent took the mat out their cell in retaliation, forcing them to sleep on hard concrete. I mean, we keep going on with stories and stories of abuse of authority. And all of this right here is very similar to what we see in Dinah in Genesis 34. And family is happening today in our country, in our state, in our city. God has created us to cherish one another, not to abuse one another. All forms of abuse is sickening. But the form of sexual abuse in the church is far worse. The church, right, to be a example to the world. And I'm not talking about Catholic priests that have done this. I'm talking about the evangelical believing churches. We have heard so many instances of pastors and leaders in the church are preying upon women in the church or upon men or young boys in the church and have abused their position in the church. It's happening. And people are closing their eyes upon this. And pastors are getting slapped on the wrist and going to other churches. Leaders are being slapped on the wrist and going to other places. Family, this is totally against God. If the church is not a place of safety, where can people go? If, if the church cannot be a picture of the gospel, heaven on earth, where can they go? And that's one of the things for me. Uh, one of the things for me, I'm very vigilant on manipulative people. I'm very vigilant on people that try to be able to do these such things. They're all around, and it's happening. Family, we must open our eyes to these things. We must look around and see these things all around us. And those that are participating in these certain things, their evil deeds would not go unpunished. Family, this stuff has to stop. We hear so many stories of babies can't even grow to the proper age of uncles and cousins sexually assaulting them. And I've heard from many of you guys stories from you, even family members that are supposed to be in the ministry. Family, this isn't supposed to happen in the church. Matter of fact, it shouldn't happen nowhere in the world. But the church. And yes, I said it. And a lot of times people don't want to mention these certain things about cousins and relatives and fathers and, and that, that are abusing their kids. Family, it is happening all around us, even in our city. Talk to a DHS worker. Abusing of authority should be called out. And I want Christ Redeemer Church to be a place where all of our kids can grow up 
and they, and they can grow up and they can be able to experience, be able to experience the life of how a child supposed to experience a life as a child. And this is not just a child, but also a grown up. So family, let us be that church. Let us be that church to be a safe place for people that doesn't have to do this. And let us be vocal as well as we monitor around the room and be able to try to see if anyone trying to pray on anyone that might be weak, let us stop it right there in the tracks. So, so Dinah, she couldn't do it in our test today. They got so bad that Shechem talked to his father for permission to marry Dinah, and Shechem didn't talk to the, his, his father before he raped her, but now he talked to his father for the proper steps, now I want to marry her. So Jacob knew that Dinah's brother couldn't take hearing. Brothers couldn't. She knew. Jacob knew that Dinah's brothers, but the sons of Israel couldn't take this. If they heard this, what happened to the sisters? So he didn't tell them right away. So after Hamar comes to ask Jacob, can his son Shechem marry Dinah? Sons come to the house and get the word about what happened to Dinah, and they were in the internet and very angry. Internet gets it can be trying to grieve. They grieve. This is the time they tore their shirts open. How in the world does this happen to our sister? So these sons was hurting about what happened to their sister. This is the virgin. And this is what Haman spoke. And he's supposed to say, the son of my son, Shechem long for your daughter. Hamar is not rebuking his son, but promoting the marriage of his son. He is thinking about expanding his kingdom with the family of Jacob. And he is thinking as a selfish king right here. And these sons of Jacob are hurting. They are grieving. It's like he's trying to marry our sister that they just raped. So how did the sons going to respond? We see the abuse, the sexual abuse of Shechem. How are the sons going to respond? Look at point two. Since Jacob didn't take his family to Bethel, men of Shechem abused by the authority of the sons of Jacob. Now the sons of Jacob had the opportunity to support this idea of Hamar. Should we give Hamar, son Shechem, our sister, for marriage? Let them, can we let them marry within each other? So they have an opportunity to pray for wisdom in this. But the text revealed to us that they answered Hamar deceitfully in verse 13. Sound like they got their father Jacob in their blood right here, don't they? These sons. So they don't want to him, they don't want him to marry their sister, but they're willing to fight like they want to support, want him to get, want them to get married for them to do something else. Listen to verse 14. They said to them, We cannot do this thing to give our sister to one who is uncircumcised. Seems like they're going along with him. So, okay. If you get circumcised, do you let you have my sister to be married to? There's some truth about circumcision, right? To be a part of people of Israel, you got to be circumcised. So they have some truth in here, right? But they are they truly going to let them marry the women of Israel? But these sons right here, they're thinking retaliation. Now they're using their authority for because of sexual abuse that happened to their sister. They are now abusing authority. The authority now, they're in a place that the king of, I mean, Hamar or the Hivite, he has to come to them. Now they're in authority. Now would they be God honoring right now? 
No. Now they use their authority for manipulation and vengeance. They have their sister in mind. They are, do, they are willing to do whatever it takes to revenge the innocence of their sister. So Hamar was pleased to the sons and agreed to marry Dinah and Shechem to become one people. So they agreed, Hamar agreed, let's make this happen, y'all. Let's make this marriage happen. So they agreed to be circumcised. So they all get circumcised. They get circumcised, and now it's time for the marriage to happen, isn't it? But let's listen to what happened after they got circumcised. Look at verse 25. On the third day, when they were sore, circumcision actually removing on the foreskin of a male organ. So right now, this is surgery, y'all. You always say, you know, um, our, uh, our nurse in the building, she would tell us, you know, that when people have surgery, they should be able to rest at the surgery. They should be able to rest and not be, you know, out doing physical labor, things of that nature. So after surgery, now, these guys are resting up, trying to recuperate after surgery. So they're right now, they're too weak to fight anybody. They're too weak to do anything. They are very weak after surgery. And so the sons of Israel knew that the surgery took place. And so now this is time for them to retaliate. This is what they did while these guys were so weak. They actually supported the rape of Dinah. Simeon and Levi. Again, Simeon and Levi were actually the, they had the same mother and father with Jacob and Leah. So Leah, I mean, so Dinah brothers right here, this is her two brothers, her big brothers. They come in, Simeon and Levi comes in here. And they took their swords. While these guys was hurting after surgery, think about going and actually somebody that had done something to you, they had hurt, they, 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 they can't defend themselves. They went to these guys that can defend themselves with a sword, and they killed them all. They killed them all with a sword. Killed them all. Not only them, they killed the whole town. They killed them all. And they took the women away from them. They slaughtered the whole community to pay back for their sister. Family, they haven't quit, did they? <laughs> this is the time for them to resemble God in this time. Now they went in, they brought in justice, and they killed them all. So they lied to the men of Hamar, and they killed even Hamar and Shechem. The entire community for supporting the Shechem and violating Dinah. Again, this is another form of misuse of authority. Misuse of authority is not always sexual abuse. We see in this test right here, they misuse authority and they could have dealt with it in a different, different way. We saw at the garden with Adam and Eve. God gave them authority in the garden, right? To have dominion in that garden. They turned the authority that God given to them, they turned it back and tried to have authority over God. Even today, that's us, isn't it? We want to do what we want to do. We want to rule over God. And that's what's happening all around our society now. People do not want to submit to authority. Our need was to have the men in the garden to resemble God. But today we see the whole mankind follow the works of Adam and Eve. No one wants to dismiss to God outside of work that God has done. So the sons of Jacob, they misuse their authority and abuse their authority. Where do God, the Lord has you at right now in life? Are you a manager? Are you in some type of authority right now? How are you using your authority? Are you using it to manipulate folks? Are you to abuse people verbally, 
One article talks about President Donald Trump. Article mentioned about 10 abuse of authority from our former president. He mentioned this right here in point number one. He mentioned 10 points. I'm not going to mention all of them, but a couple of them here. He talked about the subverting 2020 election. There's a broad agreement among us experts that Trump's most severe abuse of power was his relentless effort to undermine the 2020 election and overturn the legitimacy of the results. He couldn't take the loss. So what happened was that he fought against and fought against and he caused everybody else. He misused authority. He caused many riots to happen for that. Number two, the incitement of the insurrection you guys heard about. How Trump attempted to cling to power reached a horrifying crescendo on January the 6th when he incited a large gathering of supporters in Washington to attack the U.S. Capitol. While the electoral votes were being counted, the electoral votes were counted, the people attacked the Capitol. He misused authority. What about number three they mentioned? The abusing of bullying the, poor, bu the, bully, the bully of the, uh, the pulpit he used. Many of the experts pointed to Trump's inflammatory and divisive rhetoric as a stark abuse of power. Albat not criminal or probably not impeachable either, but they said that Trump abused the bully pulpit by using his platform to brazenly spread lies and conspiracies, attack political opponents of all stripes and praise and bad actors like white nationalists and authoritarian leaders. And I'm gonna mention one more. Um, the, uh, of the justice, talking about how he abused over the justice department. Trump uh, politicized, politicized, politicized the Justice Department, the FBI, from the very start of his presidency until the final days. He repeatedly crossed lines and violated norms that have been placed since Watergate to create independence between the White House and federal law enforcement. We saw this with our former president, the misuse of authority. But not just our president, but family. All of us in this room has misused authority. We talk about President Obama, we talk about all the presidents. All of us has been a part of this. We have misused our authority in ways that aren't honoring to the Lord. So it's just not a Donald Trump. It's the sons of Israel. But it's always the fall of mankind that we have all misused our authority. And what's at stake when we misuse our authority? The last point, point number three. What's at stake? When we abuse our authority, when we misuse our authority as husbands, right? as we abuse our authority of our spouses, or even our spouses or wives as they have the authority that they have, and for them to use their authority to be abusive. For all of us in this room, what's at stake when we don't cherish authority? Look at point number three. Since Jacob didn't take his family to Bethel, abuse of authority destroys the opportunity to be a witness to the community. Look at verse 30. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have brought trouble on me by making me stink to the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites and the Parasites. My numbers are few, and they gather themselves against me and attack me. I shall destroy both I and my household. Jacob is highly upset what his sons have done. His sons have brought trouble on him now, how they went about this. Now Jacob looked back amongst the community where he's supposed to proclaim the glory and the majesty of God. Does justice need to happen to them? For fighting like Donna? Yes. But how they did, did it, it wasn't the right way. Now Jacob looked. Now Jacob right here sees himself looking bad amongst the community around him. But now people will probably want to attack Jacob. His son for what they have happened. Now they are small outnumbered around everybody around them. They're to point to everybody, to Jesus and to the Lord. But now the kingdoms around them is going to want to kill them. See what happened? Their abuse of authority now messing up opportunity now to 
for them to be a witness of the gospel in their community. Allah is at risk when we abuse our authority. Allah is at risk. Let me mention a few. We lose trust of people in the community. I don't want to go to church there. I don't want to be around you. We don't stew away the authority that belongs to the Lord. God has given us authority. That's something he didn't have to give us. He's God. He allows us to mirror him. He didn't have to give us authority. He gave us authority for us to mirror him. Now, we don't get a chance to do that. Again, what I messed up, I said, we mess up opportunities for the gospel. Family members don't want to hear you. They don't want to hear you talk about the gospel. They see how you're leading your family. They see how you're leading coworkers. They see how, you, how you're doing things around you when you abuse authority. Another thing, family, we can do with abuse of authority, we can destroy families. We can destroy friendships. Family, we must display God-honoring formal authority. So we ask ourselves the question, how are we using our authority right now? Are people wanting to know more about Jesus through your authority? Or they're afraid to be around you? And it's fine if they're afraid to be around you. Now is the time to be evaluate to see that what does it mean to have biblical authority? Verse 31, but they said, should we be treated, should he treat our sister like a prostitute? These brothers was grieving. They was hurting what happened to their sister. But they went about it the wrong way. Family, a lot of times we want to be able to correct the issue. We mean very well in it. And we might want to honor God. If somebody abused, I mean, somebody done something wrong, we might want to honor God. But family, let us not dishonor God trying to honor God. We must honor God in every single instance of all things. Application. Application as we end. Time is up. One of a couple of things. Bad authority is destructive. Bad authority is destructive. It tears down people in relationships. One person says this. Or I'll say it in a second, but ask those around you. Ask those around you about your authority. Does it work around you? What are some areas of bad authority in your life? Ask them that. If they are honest and want the best for you, they will love you to become a good leader. So if you have a bad authority, as husbands or, 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 or workers, whatever you are in this room, ask those around you. And if you truly want good biblical authority, ask those around you to help you build you up so you can be able to be that good leader. But what bad, what bad authority does? It's destructive. It tears down things all around you. People don't want to submit to that. Good, good authority with believers, people want to submit to that. That they are in Christ. So ask those around you about your leadership. Ask those to be honest with you. Now don't ask those that kind of want to take advantage, one just want to be able to misuse you and, and just be able to say, okay, yeah, you... Yeah, you struggle with this, struggle with this. Somebody doesn't have your interest at heart. I'm not saying ask them, but ask somebody that has your interest at heart about your authority. 
Number two, good authority builds up. Good authority builds up. A gospel coalition article helps us with good authority. It says this, good authority probably exercises a gift to God's people. The one who rules the people with justice, who rules in the fear of God, is like the morning light when the sun rises on a cloudless warm morning and the glistening of the rain and supporting grass. He quotes 2 Samuel 23. And he goes on to say this, good authority strengthens and grows. Strengthens and grows. The, it authors and creates. It's the teacher's teaching, the coach coaching, the mother mothering. It's the rule of a game, the lines on the road, a covenant for lovers, the lessons for a child, the chance to grow and expand and eventually take dominion ourselves. One of history's greatest secrets is that God means his authority to grow and expand us, not to shrink us and stuff us out. So family, good authority builds up. Good authority builds up. Last point, point number three. Family, we must report all forms of sexual abuse. Parents, don't be quick to leave your child with those you think you may know. Ask them about their background. Protect your kids from social media chats because there are predators now all over chats and things of the nature of social media. We heard about this in Southern Arkansas recently. People are preying on young, vulnerable kids, but adults as well. Be vigilant. Ladies and guys, be vigilant. Be careful of your surroundings. Because sexual predators can do whatever they can take to break down walls. One thing about a sexual predator, they find out who the threat is, is in the room. And they try to pretty much take away that threat that's in the room to bring about freedom for themselves to do whatever they want to do. It happens everywhere. Any type of in the school system with kids in the room, kids will try to find out the threat in the room that's just going to hold them, that's going to see them as, um, that's just going to pretty much it's going to call them out on or catch them doing whatever they're doing. The person that's a set of a predator, they want to get rid of them. Even in a room like this, right? That a sexual predator would know the person to try to stay away from, to try to get that person's voice out of the room, to be for them to do whatever they're doing. Family, this is serious today, even in 2022. So family, be careful. Test things around you. I'm not going around for you to go out and say everybody's a sexual predator. Let us not be in sin in that way. But let us be very careful and monitor those around us for us to be good stewards of the authority that God has given to us and things around us. Let us pray.